0: <laughs> Ghost Island Media.
1: I'm Freddie Lim, vocalist of Sonic, a member of Parliament in Taiwan.
0: I'm Emily Waiwu, co-founder of Ghost Island Media. This is Metalhead Politics, our new podcast on some of our favorite things.
1: Music, politics, and Taiwan.
0: Metalhead Politics. Welcome back.
1: Yeah, welcome back. This is, I, I think this is the seventh episode, a special one.
0: Seventh episode, the first one since our last one, which is December 2020. Wow.
1: That's just because we are too busy to do more. So that's why when we are discussing, if we would really want to do more, how we can make things easy. So this is the first time that we try to make things much easier than the yeah first six episodes. I hope today is going to be a bit easier.
0: Well, it's a little bit different today. Um, in the past, we usually recorded at Ghost Island Media, and today I'm sitting here with Freddie in his office. Of course, the topic of this whole week has been U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan and all the news that followed.
1: Yeah, but not just because Nancy Pelosi's visits, I think the the key reason triggered us to make a new one is because what uh, Roger Waters just said, the ex-vocalist uh, of Pink Floyd. What did he say?
0: He said, so this happened over the, over the weekend. Um, Roger Waters, who was the co-founder of Pink Floyd back in 1979, he left the band in 1985. He took an interview on CNN and uh, he said, and I quote, They're not encircling Taiwan, them as in China. Taiwan is part of China, and that's been absolutely accepted by the whole of international community since 1948. And if you don't know that... You are not reading enough.
1: <laughs> so I think uh, I think it's uh, in one hand it's a good thing that uh, everybody is talking about Taiwan recently, but the other thing is that so many wrong information got spread and spread by the, those people who thought that they know about Taiwan a lot, but definitely no he knows nothing about taiwan but in the other hand i'm not surprised that roger uh, said that because in recent years we all know that the uh, chinese government's propaganda has been spread all over the world and a lot of been, a lot of people have been brainwashed mm-hmm. successfully by them and uh, so i'm not that surprised but i'm still a bit angry about CNN gave him (laughs) that space to express the wrong information. And uh, there's no other people in the same program to try to discuss with him, to let him know more. So I think this is the key reason triggered us to do another episode to clarify things. First of all, Taiwan has never been a part of PRC.
0: No, never. never, never, ever,
1: no. No. And there is no uh, international treaty. So uh, what he said about since 1948, or Taiwan's uh, destiny has been decided, being a part of China and most of the world accept that, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. That's definitely wrong. Uh, in one hand, Taiwan has never been a part of PRC, and no international treaty decided Taiwan being a part of China. And the other thing is that I think he got confused by so-called one-China policy. And let me clarify that one-China policy uh, make decision about the representative of China, which is PRC represent China. That makes the representative of China, but not who represents Taiwan. So. Now Taiwan has become a democratic country. Who can represent Taiwan? The government elected by Taiwanese people. That's a very simple and easy thing, but it's a bit complicated, I know. But if you want to learn more about the true history, you should like what you just say, you should read more. more. You should read more, not just read the Chinese
0: propaganda information. Roger Waters should listen more to Metalhead Politics.
1: Right. Yeah, we, we don't want to go deep into the Taiwanese history and truth, but you can listen to the first six episodes. Yeah. yeah. You will learn a lot not just politics, but also music and culture.
0: And it's very dangerous um, because in that same interview, he defended China and denied that Chinese ever invaded or murdered their own people. CNN report actually pushed back and said they have a million of them. And he said, bollocks, that's absolute nonsense. So I think we also need to remember that that's the context. He denies what happened in Xinjiang. He also, he thinks that Ukraine should surrender and negotiate.
1: Right, I think that's in his mind, in his uh, context. Like, if Tibet got occupied by China, then they have the rights to oppress Ch- Tibetan people. They have the rights to, to yeah, to kill Tibetan people, to kill Hong Kong people because Hong Kong is a part of China. Tibet is a part of China, so there is no way that Chinese government is bullying their own people because that's the legitimate thing for him. The government can bully their own people if the government is controlling their people. That's the, I can't believe that he's the rock musician. It
0: was really disappointing because in previous episodes of Meta Politics, we talked about how musicians have been active against authoritarian and then to hear him say those things. But also, as you said, it goes back to how successful um, PRC's propaganda has been.
1: Right. Even rock musicians or some artists believe their propaganda. I think that's really yeah. Yeah, frustrating. That's why we are doing yeah. this well, new I, episode.
0: So I like the rock musician I'm sitting with right now.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, let's talk about uh, Nancy Pelosi's visit. I think people uh, might thought that She came to Taiwan to provoke China. So
0: No, congressional visits have been normal.
1: Right. The only definition that uh, some foreigners come to Taiwan to provoke China, I would say to come to the front line to do military exercises against China, that might be provoking China.
0: I would like to strip the words provoking China entirely out of how we just characterize this entire situation because it puts the blame on us doesn't it to say that right. we're provoking the bullying right. but
1: actually nancy pelosi came to taiwan just like another mp another speaker of the parliaments from different countries like czech republic's uh, parliament uh, speaker came to taiwan last year and there are so many parliamentarians came to taiwan in these years so nancy pelosi It's another one. Of course, she's very important in the U.S., but there is no way that we can welcome other MPs, but not Nancy Pelosi, who has been supportive for Taiwan for decades.
0: Czech Republic, when they visited in 2020, it was a 90-person delegation. I just want to point that out. 90 people from Czech parliament came, and they were led by the Senate president.
1: Right. And that's... So that might be a huge provoking (laughs) for China. But I think... So that's why... And, and uh, let's check the, uh, where Nancy Pelosi has been visited in Taiwan.
0: A little bit of background right before. So um, she arrived Tuesday, August 2nd um, at around 10.43 p.m. And I'll ask you later where you were at the time. Her flight was very anticipated. That flight was the most tracked flight in the history of the flight tracking website. 2.9 million people tracked that flight at some point. I'm one of, I'm one and, of them. And when she landed, finally, 700,000 were tracking a touchdown. Where were you? You were on TV? Yeah, um, uh,
1: I was on TV. Most of the news programs do live broadcast. It was like New Year's Eve. People were counted out. to, wow, yeah, that's the plan. And I, I know there was a lot of people bought uh, fried chicken and beers, having a great time there. Yeah. If, I, I think uh, half of the reason uh, was because how China's reaction was. If it's just another MP, then I think people might not care that much. But because China acting was acting like that.
0: So if, if you've ever been in Taipei, listeners, if you've ever been in Taipei, you would know about the airport that's inside Taipei, not the international one kind right. of an hour away. But there's a city airport. There's direct flights to to Japan, to yeah. Shanghai. And yeah. um, along that airport, you could actually go to the end of the runway and watch the airplanes arrive. It's actually a really popular date spot, yes. right? Yes.
1: Hundreds of people were there. Yeah, having great time there.
0: Yeah, so I was uh, I was the other side. You were on TV. I was the one on the internet just hitting refresh, refresh, <laughs> refresh. How she landed? Refresh.
1: Yeah, people continued to discuss about it till midnight. And then the second day, yeah. she met president. She came to our parliament. So it's just a normal visit, actually not that exciting. She visited the museum. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I want to say. The most exciting part is she visited the Human Rights Museum, which was the prison.
0: It used to be a prison back uh, during martial law.
1: Right. So she was not like come here to provoke anybody, but learn more about history, about Taiwan. That's what Roger Waters should be like, right?
0: I really like that because the last time, um, 25 years ago, the last Speaker of the House, when he visited the Human Rights Museum, hadn't been established yet.
1: There are a lot of parliamentarians or politicians came to Taiwan for maybe their own interest for the political reasons, but I think Nancy Pelosi showed her interest no more about the human rights history of Taiwan. I, th- I think that means a lot to Taiwanese people.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and she was not there just to learn about Taiwanese history, but also to meet those people who under oppressed like the, uh, the Hong Kong activists and the uh, Uyghur activists and also the, the Taiwanese who has been imprisoned in China by no reason for five years.
0: Yeah, so you're talking about uh, the Taiwanese rights worker Li Mingzhi, right. um, who was illegally detained in China um, and then uh, sentenced to five years. Right. Um, this is ha- this happened in 2017 because something he
1: has said on Facebook. He wasn't in China. He spoke something on Facebook in Taiwan. He was
0: in Taiwan. He was when he was not even in China. Right.
1: If you want to know more about what these kind of things happen, I think you've done a lot of these kind of uh, yeah. We programs. did. We did yeah.
0: in over at Taiwan Take. We had an episode talking. Um, So be
1: careful, uh, which means if you write something on your Twitter or Facebook back in your home, but you've traveled to China someday, you might get arrested.
0: So he got arrested for that. He recently came back. Everybody was very, very happy to see him. Speaker Pelosi also met with Uwe Kai-shi, who was uh, the uh, Tiananmen student leader and now lives in Taiwan. And
1: done a lot of Uyghur uh, issues recently. And
0: then Hong Kong uh, Causeway Books founder, Lem Wing-Ki.
1: Yeah, Lem wing Uh in Mandarin, Lin Rongji.
0: Um, both of them who we also talked to on Lai Zi Wu our yeah. podcast on China in Mandarin. Um, so Uyghur ethnic, who is uh, active in Tiananmen, uh, Hong Kong, um, Taiwan, but also she also met with somebody who we haven't talked about much in media much, but I just wanted to point out the fact that Miss um, Chen Ju gave Pelosi and the delegation the tour at Human Rights Museum. And this is significant because Chen Ju was sentenced there under martial law in 1980. She and a group of others were sentenced by a military court there. She was jailed there. Fast forward to 2022, she's now giving a tour to international delegation about the significance of this place. I think it just shows how much we've come.
1: I think it shows that Taiwan is very important uh, in this region, not just because we are in the front line, uh, on China, but also we work very hard improving our human rights and there has been a huge progress in the last few decades and not just an uh, important place for us, but also there are so many Hong Kong activists, we were hack activists, Tibetan activists, now they try to continue their work here based in Taiwan. So now uh, here in Taiwan it's a very important human rights hub in this Indo-Pacific region.
0: Yeah, and I think internationally, a lot of people forget that we came out of 38 years of martial law, which was the longest martial law in the history at the time. We came out of that not because by some miracle, because we fought for it, and we are not going back to authoritarian uh, rule.
1: And uh, that martial law brought the, actually the Chinese nationalist government exile from China. So. So what Roger Waters suffered from the, what the, from the propaganda, we have been suffered there, so, but we survived from there. And we fought against those Chinese propaganda and, and find our freedom. So hopefully, Roger Waters, you can find your own freedom for your own thoughts.
0: He should come visit Yeah,
1: me. and then you will learn and you, yeah, you know, there are a lot of propagandas you shouldn't follow.
0: Come check it out for yourself. Um, to all the visitors, please come visit. Visit for one
1: week and then you will be open-minded and also you will never believe in Chinese propaganda again. Never.
0: Speaking of visiting, um, one question I do want to ask you you are still in parliament, is when these congressional visits come, what happens? What's usually the itinerary or what do you talk about and what do they walk away with? Why is this so important? Yeah,
1: I think most of the time uh, we talk about how we work together, fight against the uh, uh, neo-authoritarianism, which of course definitely are what the Russian government and Chinese government are doing in recent years. Not just infiltrate the democracies by their own old way, the old spy way, but with the new technology and also infiltrate those societies by economy, different tools and uh, informational warfare. So we, most of the MPs who visit in Taiwan talk about how Taiwan survived from all these attacks from China in the last two or three decades, how we build our own resilience and to learn more about how to, how to not sacrifice our own freedom of speech, but also in other, in one hand, we can fight with their disinformation. And the other thing is that how they can connect with Taiwan to rebuild a new supply chain, mm-hmm. not just for chips, but also for different industries like information industries, computer industries, or energy industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so-called uh, information security ideas and also how the democracies should work together to uh, improve our prosperity together in one hand, and but in the other hand also to make sure that democracy is not being infiltrated. Uh, when we are working with those authoritarian states. So, yeah, that's a very complicated and difficult issue. But uh, I think in nowadays, I think there are more countries realize it's very important Uh, than when we started to do mental health policy. In recent years, now it's a a very important topic.
0: Yeah, so often in international media, um, Taiwan is only seen in the lens of China in terms of war. But really, I mean, you just talked about so much information security, the supply chain, there's trade, uh, climate also, Right. right? A lot of conversations that we're having with the rest of the world that we're contributing to and that we need to be at the table for. So the the Lithuanian delegation just arrived yesterday. Yes. And then uh,
1: later this year, I think there will be more uh, UK delegation. House of
0: Commons Chair yeah. of Foreign Affairs yeah. Committee. Yeah.
1: And there are some very important international uh, conferences will be put on in Taiwan. Oslo Freedom Forum later in the end mm. of October, I think.
0: Some members of the uh, European Parliament are hoping to come back. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, they came once uh, in 2021. Um, well, the EU Parliament and then the Vice President Nicola Baer also visited earlier this year, hoping to have them back as well.
1: Yeah, I think there will be more to come because Taiwan has been very important. Oh, in, in the other hand, there is a very important issue uh, being discussed in these international meetings is about uh, anti uh, epidemic. Yes. Yeah. In the post epidemic uh, time how we can work together, have a resilient society. So I think we have been done quite well on this issue. And also on on the
0: pandemic. Yeah, We have been, I mean, it it is godsend here. We are so lucky. Right.
1: Taiwan is more and more important in the international community. So there will be more foreign friends who support in Taiwan and or want to have strengthened their exchanges with Taiwan to come to Taiwan. So there are going to be more. I think China, you have to be calm and to be, get used to it. There will be going to be more, not just Nancy Pelosi.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all the, the new delegations coming and also um, the regular visits by our allied countries as well. Right.
1: Right. And also we will, the, the politicians and MPs, we will go to other countries to have, have so many important meetings. I will be in D.C. in September again. Okay. So, yeah, we have been a more and more international country and th- there is no way that we can uh, secure our own interest in the international stage without engaged with the international community. So, yeah, China, you just have to become and be, get used to it.
0: I think the amount of support that's come in in the last week, um, that was not there five years ago. That was not there when we began this program, mm-hmm. right, right, 2020. Well, first of all, it makes me feel very, very confident as a Taiwanese person, confident about the world and how we stand together.
1: So I think it's just naturally go to a, a normal relations with the international community. That's very natural, and that's not a provocative thing. So those people who, if you still believe in the Chinese propaganda, you should just consider Taiwan as a normal country. Then you will see everything is so normal and so peaceful.
0: Now speaking of normal, um, I do want to ask the big elephant in the room, the big missile in the room. How normal this is, as China has been staging military drills. um, I've received a lot of concerns, questions, and concerns uh, from abroad. Are you okay? Are you scared? Is this is what is happening in Taiwan, Freddie, How are you feeling?
1: I think I feel the society. I'm like most of the Taiwanese people. We still be Normal and also live our lives. Of course, I have seen some people, they were so excited about what's happening. They go to those the sea area to see if they can see the Chinese missiles. But no, of, def- of course you not. Can't see.
0: But normal because this is something that we've been living with right. for decades now. We grew up under this threat.
1: Right. It's not about we don't care about that. It's more about we have been threatened for decades, so we know how to live from it. So most of the people we live our lives, but deep in our heart, I think there are two kinds of emotions. One is scared. Definitely nobody wants to suffer from the war. The other emotion is anger. And uh, back in the old days, I think scared is much more than anger. But nowadays, I think scared getting lower and lower and angry is how I feel from the society. I think Taiwanese people got pissed by China this time a lot because it's nobody is prov- provoking them and uh, because they have been keeping doing this thing for decades and I think Taiwanese people is like enough is enough. Yeah. What are you are doing again? Why are you are doing that? The people is is like pissed more. So you can see the that uh, back in 1996, mm-hmm. uh, that was the. When China the last
0: missile right the missile. live uh, air missile drill
1: yeah and uh, Taiwanese people sell houses uh, escape from Taiwan yeah there
0: was a big exodus out of Taiwan yeah, at the economy time
1: economy going down it
0: was getting ready for our first presidential election right. direct presidential election right.
1: so I think back in almost 30 years ago I think Taiwanese people were scared much more than angry but. This time, I think most of the people live our lives and angry. Yeah. yeah.
0: So last time... And the
1: economy is still very steady. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, so I think time has been changed a lot and people has changed. Uh, the new generation consider China with different attitude, yeah. right? And we want to stand for our values and the way of our lives
0: yeah. stronger. This tactic that China is using is not winning anybody over in Taiwan. No,
1: they're losing and losing everybody in the world, not just Taiwan, maybe winning Roger Waters.
0: <laughs> so <there it> is. <laughs> I am um, angry that they're doing it again yeah. and again, but also so disappointed in them. I mean, they have such big influence. If they could just use this force for good.
1: Or if they can learn from something from other countries. Yeah, they will see. Back in the old days, people thought that they might learn something when let them get involved in the international communities. Economically, let them join the global trading. They thought that uh, following the economy improved, they were political reforms, but no. So yeah, it's kind of disappointed.
0: But the... United force is strong, I think, right now. I'm really thankful when I see that. And mm. we need more of those voices um, of our yeah. friends, of the pro-democracy values to come together.
1: Right. So I think Taiwanese people, yeah, maybe we're a, a bit scared, but we will be well prepared to defend our land and also we will strengthen our relations with the, the allies, with our friends too. Not just to defend our, the security of our land but also the security of this region because we see that how Japan's reaction about when China not just shoot the missiles in our area but also in Japanese area in their easy too. So I think uh, we will fight with our friends and to yeah, defend our values and our, our security here together.
0: The beautiful thing about Taiwan um, being a democracy is that there's a lot of of political parties here, but one thing that everybody agrees on is that we are a country that needs to be protected. Um, Some people call it Republic of China, others call it Taiwan, but we have our own president, we have our own military, we have our own currency, we have our own passport and so on. Everybody believes that this is ours and it's worth protecting. We're not going back to authoritarian rule. We've seen it, we've experienced it, we fought hard to come out of it, we're not going back.
1: Yeah. So it's very important. If Roger Waters or anybody else, if you want to visit Taiwan, apply your visa, not from Chinese embassy, but come to Taiwanese embassy.
0: Oh yeah. You can't, you, you can't come into Taiwan with a China visa. No. Just,
1: just yeah. So, you know, I yeah, just to want to remind you because yeah, we sincerely welcome you to come to Taiwan. Please But come. don't go to the wrong place to apply the visa. Taiwan is the most one of the places that most of the people want to come after the pandemic. So come, come, come.
0: All right. Well, um, anything else you wanted to say before we wrap?
1: No, I think that's that's about it. I think, yeah, most of the people will learn more from the first six episodes. It's never out of date.
0: That's true. And I hope we can come back. We'll do this again. Um,
1: I think today is kind of much easier than before. So yeah, maybe we can do that.
0: Let's do more regular updates. It's uh, Emily.
1: Yeah, it's Freddie. In Taipei. In the parliament.
0: See you next time.
1: See you next time.